Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash, like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP, but don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Know-how. General states pricing. Sales price does not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Hey everyone, this is John Roca, frequent panelist on Collider Movie Talk. Let's make some mayhem. Shoot and loot your way through a mayhem-fueled adventure in Borderlands 3. Blast through new worlds and enemies as one of four new playable vault hunters, each with deep-skilled trees, abilities, and customization. You've got all new characters, over a billion guns. You can play alone or with friends, and it's available September 13th. You can take on insane enemies, score loads of loot, and save the galaxy from a fanatical threat. Again, mayhem is coming September 13th on PC, Xbox One, and PS4. Pre-order now at Borderlands.com. Rated M for Mature. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save $25. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care Centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. Stay little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive. Brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game. So that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
Today on a live episode of Collider Movie Talk, we got ourselves a new Universal Monster movie. This one directed by Paul Feig. And also we got ourselves a trailer for Like a Boss with Tiffany Haddish, Rose Byrne, and the beautiful and lovely Salma Hayek. We're going to talk about all of that and so much more on Collider Movie Talk. Chop that! That's right. I like when that logo chops it down. It lets you know, enough with the chatter. We got some talking to do. Wait, that doesn't make sense. Anyway, all right. Hey, everyone. <laughs> this is my last uh, day hosting. I've been hosting for a few days straight here. Perry uh, has been up in Toronto watching a great movies and, and uh, reviewing them, which you can watch on our Collider uh, video YouTube page and read some of the reviews of those movies that Adam Chitwood and Matt Goldberg went to go see as well as part of the Collider team on the Collider.com website. So a lot of stuff going on there, but this is my last day. It's been a blast. It's been fun. And I thought I'd bring along two gentlemen who are going to make me laugh the whole time while we do it. Uh, that's Jay Washington out there. How are you, Jay? You made it sound like you're getting fired or you quitting. It's my last day. I'm just, I'm out of here. No, like, no. I'm just saying, like, like, should, should I put $5 in the car? I mean, right? You were like, man, like, look, it's my last day y'all it's been real uh it's been Perry real. Back taking this they just kicking me all the way out i gotta take my laptop and everything i'm gone that's let me tell you something they don't fire you then let you get on camera that's a big mistake <laughs> <laughs> mr simon thompson how are you sir uh, i'm great but who are the two guys that make you laugh that are turning up these two guys oh, okay, yeah, well, that's okay, right cool, cool. that's right one doesn't like get tagged in photos one tags himself way too many and there was an photos. incident let's there was an incident this, i changed my settings it's done <laughs> well let's jump into our first story and that's uh coming out it, it just broke a couple of hours ago we're, mm. This is from the Collider.com uh, story about it. Universal is setting a new film in this monster universe that they're kind of like uh, bringing back to life. Not the dark universe. That is dead. This is more kind of playing into what Lee Winnell is directing down there, The Invisible Man. Uh, this is a new one now. It's going to be called Dark Army and directed by Paul Feig. It's going to star a lot of the old Universal classic monsters along with some new characters that Paul Feig is creating. That's as far as we've got in terms of plots and and what have you and all co- all credit to them Universal mm. doesn't want to like blow it and do big pictures and show seven people you know and everything like that because that kind of blew up in their face with Dark Universe this is a little bit of a slower rollout Simon you've watched this stuff you're a film reporter film yeah. pundit you've seen it all go down in flames and you've enjoyed the original I'm sure the original classic yeah. Universal monster movie so absolutely big is, fan of those are you excited by Paul Feig stepping into this situation and does this feel a little like Abbott and Costello by do, throwing all the people in do you know what I, I genuinely am really excited about it, but I'm also, mm-hmm. I do have my reservations. Okay. Uh, that, that's the big thing. Uh, my reservations, not Paul Feig. I think Paul Feig, we've seen with movies like Spy, that mm-hmm. he can do really good action set mm-hmm. pieces, and we know he can do comedy. And we've seen that he can do dark with a simple favor. Right. So I think we've got the three elements that we really need to make this work that Universal have failed to do with some of their movies when they tried to resurrect these Frankenstein sort of, you know, monster movies. Dracula and told anybody? No! Do we right. not? Do we have to talk about that? Too soon? Right. The Mummy? <laughs> that was just awkward. Right. Uh, yeah, horribly. Th- but I think Paul actually can have some really good ideas. I think what the big problem here is going to be is if these new monsters are good enough. Mm -hmm. That's going to be the real stumbling block because we know the others have got heritage, they've got the recognition. Mm -hmm. That, I think, is kind of difficult to really mess up you can just go back to basics with those and develop them it's the new ones i think where we're really potentially going to see some problems Mm -hmm. you know because if they're not good enough it's just not going to be a fair matchup yeah and paul fee you mentioned civil favor that thing made 90 million dollars quietly on a 20 million dollar budget that's a movie yeah everybody loved that movie who saw that movie it just kind of was under uh uh underseen a little bit even though it did make 90 million it certainly could have made more and paul fee's interesting choice though jay you look Look at this. 
he basically does comedies. So yeah, if we're that's doing, the thing that makes you think about that. Yeah, because Lee Winnell does not do comedies. He's mm. very much the right choice for this kind of universal rollout for Invisible Man. Is Paul Feig this dark? Ar- is he the right choice for this dark? Army? But I think when we think about that, when we say certain directors are comedic in nature, we mm-hmm. forget we've had comedic directors who've turned around and given given us great horror films, action films, and things like that. Jordan Peele, Jordan, Jordan Peele, Peele, for instance. Yep. Yep. You know, David Sandberg, even even when he did with Shazam, because everybody's mm-hmm. like it's going to have these horror elements to it, mm-hmm. and it did a little bit, mm-hmm. but it still was comedic and lighthearted. It was something yep. completely different. I just, it's what you said, introducing new characters. Right. And we have this day and age where the audiences are like, if I don't know it, you've got one shot to get me into it. Mm-hmm. And that one shot normally is the trailer. I hate to say that, but most people are like, oh, this trailer's terrible. I'm not going to see it. Right. Or they're like, my interest is peaked. But you have to see how what these characters are, and we have to get a breakdown of backstory of them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not so much as where it spoils everything in the film, yeah. but enough to be like, okay, I want to learn more about this. And yeah. I think also when he's dipped his toe into kind of the, the world of spookiness, Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I know that movie's taken a lot of, a lot of you know, stick over it the did. years, um, but I didn't think it was as quite as bad as some people said it was, but I'm not going to go on that one again. Mm. So he's already dipped his toe in this, so he has one black mark against him. Right. So he's really going to have to work to get this right. I have faith in Paul. Like I say, Spy is a really good example where he uses the talent to their strengths. Yep. So I would say get people that you've worked with before that you know you have good chemistry with. Give them really interesting roles. Put Jason Statham in there. Oh, Put Jason Statham in there. Do something okay. different with him. I'm Seriously. here for that. Yeah. No, I'm here for it. Seriously, like, you know, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, but good. Yeah, yes. that would Do be nice. Like yes. Monster Squad, right. we know, you know, that had right. great heritage. A pretty much unknown cast, but made a great movie that I mean, not a lot of people <laughs> saw, but it's kind of grown in appreciation. Do that kind of thing, but yeah. with really solid talent. I also, think. I think Universal has to keep their hands out of it so much. Mm. Yeah. Because that always becomes an issue. Again, the Dark Universe was their, their problem. Universal's hand in it. Yep. Let's introduce everybody right now in right. The Mummy. Right. And that was Universal's hand in it, and look at what happened. It blew up in their faces. So you have to have them be able to say... We trust Fig. Mm-hmm. We got we got a little bit of influence we want to have, and that's it. Yeah, I also think. Look, this is you're going to find these strong directors. Lee Winnell is not like some massively large director. He's a good, solid, strong director who's still on the up and up. Yeah. Paul Feig, Paul Feig had his had some hits in you know, Bridesmaids and what have you. This was this made his name, but he's kind of receded a little bit after the Ghostbusters situation. Building, come back up. This is smart. Hungry directors kind of want to get back in, get back into the game and prove themselves. I think this is cool decision overall. The Dark Army thing is interesting too because the name of it, the name itself. Self, if you combine it with the humor, Paul Feig, you get a vibe of maybe Evil Dead. Is this a thing yeah. that they might be going towards? Because I don't understand. I thought they were going to roll out these characters one at a time. If you're going to put all the Universal <laughs> Monster movie, all oh, characters rather, into one movie, yeah. it it has a vibe of Evil Dead. Does it have a um, danger of undercutting the more serious approach that seems that would probably be what Lee Winnell is taking with Invisible Man? Here's my analogy. Everybody loves going to Chipotle. Yeah. But when you overfill we that burrito, way we do. Yeah. everybody I mean, does. Yeah, I mean, yeah, or, or imagine a calzone. You know, you love a good calzone. Oh, okay, thank a good you calzone that. has to have room for those ingredients to mix, for the yes. flavors to do it. Right. You shove everything in the calzone. 
it's just a lot of stuff that's going in your mouth. Right. So you don't want to overstuff it. A big problem a lot of movies do is they overstuff the cast when it comes to superhero movies and things like that, sometimes even dramas and sometimes comedies as well, mm-hmm. where not enough people have enough to do and it's kind of like you have spare parts and it really takes away from that main thing. So I think, yes, I think they have to have this core and I think if they're introducing these news, I would say no more than six to eight because you know what they say, too many monsters spoil the broth. Let me ask this question and I'm not, maybe I missed it somewhere. Say that. Yeah, are these yeah. movies, this and The Invisible Man and whatever they're going to do later supposed to connect or are these standalones? Um, th- I, I don't think they've announced that they're supposed to connect. I think what they because of what happened with Dark Universe. Yeah. I think what they want to do they want is to see if they can and quietly reboot them. They don't want to make the big Tom Cruise, okay. Angelina Jolie, okay. Johnny Depp announcement. They want to quietly reboot these. That's why Blumhouse is involved in this. Yeah. I don't know how much Blumhouse will be involved in this particular in Dark Army, but certainly uh, uh, Blumhouse and Universe are working together on Invisible yeah, yeah. Man. Yeah. So I wonder how they'll connect. Yeah, because uh, that was the thing I was concerned about. Like mm-hmm. like you just said with Lee Winnell with what they're do- what he's doing with the Invisible Man, mm-hmm. but then you. You hear Paul Fagan, you know you might get some comedic elements and get all of these monsters as well as a bunch of new ones. Again, a bunch, I don't know if it's two, three, five. We don't know. Yeah. You know, but you hear new monsters. Mm-hmm. And so my concern was, is this all going to come into one big thing down the line? I, I would imagine it would down the road, but and maybe these are the new characters that they introduce in Dark Army that will be the tie-ins all around to the situation. But again, I come back to this. Two different completely different uh, uh, vibes Mm -hmm. with Paul Fee and Lee Winnell. But a lot of series have done that with directors Mm. and obviously with characters. If you look at Marvel's a great example of this. Sure. Where you've had a lot of movies that are very serious superhero movies and then you've had the the ones with more levity. Yeah, Taika Waititi's Ragnarok. Ragnarok, uh, Ant-Man, Guardians. Uh, To a certain extent, Doctor Strange was a more serious movie but had elements of of levity in it. So I think these, these universes, if they are doing it, can accommodate comedy and seriousness, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you really, with horror, you don't want to have too much of one and not enough of both. Because otherwise, you know, if, if that was a cocktail, the mix would be off and it wouldn't taste quite right. right yeah. So they've got to make sure that they really get the right mixologist for this. Yeah, that makes sense. So let's jump into some uh, chat questions here from the fans who are watching along sure. with us. Live, uh, will Universal, this is from Salvation 13, will Universal make the same mistake of showing a dark universe like opening for Paul Fee's monster movie? See? I, I don't think so. But, See, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I don't think they're going to, like, no, we're not going to do this again. Not yeah. yet. Uh, what do you think about getting Bruce Campbell involved in Dark Army? Please do. By all means. I don't He doesn't have to be a main part of it. Okay. That's the thing. Everybody here is Bruce a cameo. Campbell. Yeah, just a okay. cameo. You don't have to have Bruce Campbell, like, right there consistently at yeah. the forefront or one of these major roles. Have mm-hmm. a nice little cameo. He's there. Boom. We're done. Okay. Uh... No, I mean, I would say no. I mean, let's explore some people who are out there that I think have profile Mm -hmm. that I think we haven't used for a while. I mean, I think we have a wealth of people who have heritage from this kind of thing, have only dipped their Mm -hmm. toe in it. Really good example, I was talking to Sean William Scott the other day. Oh, yeah. He's done a great movie, Bloodline, which is a Blumhouse movie, which comes out next week. Um, And he loves horror. But the only two horrors he's done in 20 years are Final Destination and this. And he says he was horribly miscast in Final Destination. Hmm. So, you know, look at people like that. Look at people like Devin Sauer, who have heritage and things like Idle Hands, who've done mm-hmm. this kind of horror comedy thing before. Right. As much as I love Bruce Campbell, there's so much association with Evil Dead. Yeah. You don't want too much association. Yeah, you want a little bit, a little taint of that. Yeah, I agree. Um, this is another question from Kyle Johnson. What is you guys' favorites of the classic Universal Monster films? Not characters, the film. <sighs> 
stumped him. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, of The Invisible Man. Okay. Uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. The Claude Rains one? Uh, yes. Okay, yeah. Um, I mean, The Invisible Man, to be honest with you, Dracula and Frankenstein was so insanely popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I tend to be skewed to the ones that are a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but also The Wolfman. I'm I, still a big that fan That was mine. The Wolfman, yeah. Man is, Wolf always, Man is my choice. Yeah. yeah. Because it was always something about seeing it, the way it looked back in the day to see the, a man change into a werewolf. Right. That it was, even though it was a classic movie and what, yeah. what the, the technology and the graphics and the way everything was shot, it still shook you to your core and terrified you right. a little bit. So that's why I gravitate to that one. That's why I'm hoping they do The Wolfman. It's done right. Yeah, well, I didn't mind the Benicio one. It I, had, I like that. I it had that. some issues. I like that a little bit. Certainly, yeah, a little bit, right? And I agree with you, Jay. The original one is great because Lon Chaney Jr. gives a very emotional performance in yes. that movie. Yeah. And the ending is so tragic. You're like, oh, man. like Because he just came there and he just happened to be bit. And yeah. it's like he had to carry this curse of the whole movie. And he was just there to yeah. kind of replace his brother at this manner. He had enough family issues to deal with. Now he's a werewolf. Mm-hmm. So I, I just loved that aspect of it all and the tragic aspect uh, of it all. All right. Uh, one last question before we cool. move on to our next uh, one. It's from Satyendra D. Uh, and Doni Banerjee. Yeah, that's right. I said it. What other directors do you want to see take on the classic Monsters Universal uh, right now? Uh, I want Jordan Peele and Andy Muschietti. I was going to say Jordan Peele. Okay. I want Jordan. I mean, we've seen, we're seeing what he's doing with his own version of horror. Mm-hmm. You know, give, and now he's doing mm. Candyman. Right. Candyman. Give him this. Like, give him, he's doing Candyman. Give him one of these. Right. And I know everybody's like, well, why not give it to somebody else? Yeah, okay, Jordan Peele. Then you have other directors. Um, I forgot it was something in my tongue. I'll let you go with this one. Mm-hmm. No, something I was going to say, actually, I'm, I'm kind of struggling um, okay. with who I'd want to see do this kind of thing off the top of my head. I mean, there, there are a few. Someone I'd actually quite like to see who's kind of dabbled in this um, in the TV space on mm. YouTube is Doug Lyman. Oh, mm. yeah. Doug Lyman. Doug Lyman, I think, would be really interesting. He's yeah. dabbled in, in quite successfully in, in sci-fi, mm-hmm. um, and I would really like to see this. I mean, also, you know... Paul Anderson, I'd like, you know, he did such an amazing job in Event Horizon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When he gets his hand on something that's truly terrifying, I'd really like to see him be given a chance to do this kind of yeah. thing again. Give me Scott Derrickson, too. Oh, yeah, from Doctor Strange. Give me Scott, Scott, G- give me Scott Derrickson. I watched Sinister recently. Yeah. yeah. That movie is a pant pooper. Yeah, <laughs> give me Scott Derrickson. Seriously. Like, he can it definitely handle this. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> the pant pooper. It's a pant pooper. Ladies and gentlemen, pooper. that's not a gif or a soundbite. You all are missing out. <laughs> I thought he said a pad pooper. Jif, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, it's a gif, not yeah, gif. I'm no, sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah. Whatever you want to say. <laughs> uh, I would throw Andrew Dominic in that as a weird outside-the-box choice because I loved his I love his assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, and I also enjoyed killing them softly. So I think Dominic is an interesting car- uh, a- a director to maybe try a uh, invisible man. Uh, not, well, I guess we can do that, but like a wolf man or something mm. like that would be uh, uh, interesting. All right. Anyway, uh, we, we, you got one more? I was going to say, what about Danny Cannon? Oh, yeah. Why not? Danny Cannon hasn't had a shot at doing a movie like of, of this kind of scale for yeah. a long time. Yeah. And he really understands the law of these things, mm. whether it's comics or heritage characters. I know he's had a few missteps, mm-hmm. but Danny Cannon might be an interesting choice. Okay. Unlikely. But interesting. Well, I like it. Well, there you go. We are. There's a lot of directors to choose from. We'll hope. We'll see what happens uh, as this film goes along. Certainly, the casting announcements. We'll keep a tab on it uh, and to see what the Edgar overall. Wright. Po- what? Why well, didn't think about that? Oh, Edgar, Edgar Wright. Wright. Yeah, but. Uh, but uh, 
okay. Yeah. It kind of. Yeah. I don't think I'd rather have a smaller driven director than Edgar's already kind of. Ex- He's not that tall. He's yeah, about right. five, Fair five seven. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's move on to our next story. But before we do, uh, and it's going to be the story about uh, talking about this new trailer, like a boss that just dropped from director Miguel Arteta. First, we do. Let's talk about some plugs. And uh, hey, movie talk. It is starting at a new time. This Monday, the 16th, Perry Namaroff is here to tell you all about it. Hey guys, it's Perry here to let you know that Movie Talk is moving. We've had a great time in this 3 p.m. Pacific slot, but guess what? We want you to start your day with Collider Movie Talk, so we're moving. 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to get a longer show with some brand new segments. So tune in starting Monday, September 16th, 9 a.m. Pacific. See you there. All right, there you go. That's Monday the 16th. It's upcoming. Set your alarms. 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. We're going to be talking about all kinds of things there in the morning. We're trying to those, catch those stories by the tail early in the morning so we can talk about them uh, there for your uh, benefit. And also, hey, there's a Jedi Council coming out this afternoon in just a little bit. Uh, uh, Ken and Christian there had me as a guest, and we talked about all kinds of Star Wars stuff, went back forth and busted each other's uh, you-know-what, as we usually do when we're together doing a Star Wars show. So look out for that. Also, if I can, there's a new episode of The Deep Cut coming tomorrow. Uh, Janice Engel joins me. She's the director of the new documentary, Life and Times of Molly Ivins, about Molly Ivins, that Texas uh, whippers, uh, Texas uh, firecracker of a columnist uh, who passed away uh, from cancer, but really rattled both sides of the political spectrum. She gives a uh, Janice uh, joins me. And we have a fun time uh, in a fantastic interview. Look for that on the Collider Conversations feed. The deep cut. All right. Anyway, our next story. It is a trailer um, uh, from a film from Miguel Arteta. It's called Like a Boss. It's a comedy with Rose Byrne and Tiffany Haddish and the lovely Salma Hayek, who has not been seen much on film recently stepping in as this kind of older CEO of a brand who's taking over this failing company from Rose Byrne and Tiffany Haddish and all kinds of uh, uh, hilarity and hijinks and backstabbing stuff ensues, uh, depending on your taste, I suppose. And it's from Paramount Pictures. Um, and they, as I said, Mark, Miguel Arteta directs this, uh, who is also, who's also working on Succession, that HBO show. The writers on this, Sam Pittman and Adam Cole Kelly. Uh, so uh, Rose and Tiffany play Mia and Mel, who are two best friends who start a beauty business together but their personalities clash when times get tough and then Salma Hayek who plays an ultra rich cosmetic icon steps in to take over and craziness happens all right uh let's go to Jay Washington of first on this would. one because Jay has a lot of strong feelings about this before I we got on every, camera I hate everything about you <laughs> I don't know how much of it he can reveal to us but he certainly had a lot of strong right, feelings so about this here's my thing and we, yeah. Simon and I were talking about this before well, we first went did on. you like the trailer yeah, I okay. like Billy. Billy Porter had me laughing. Okay, fair Billy enough. Porter has me laughing. Yeah. It's good to see Selma Hayek, and I'm guaranteeing we're going to see her in like three other movies before Eternals drops. <laughs> I think that's what this is. She's in Eternals now. All this stuff in the drop that she's done, that's fair. We didn't know about, mm-hmm. but the storyline, and I just feel like Tiffany's just being boxed into this one type of role. I love Tiff to death, okay, but I feel like she's just being boxed in this one role. And yes, it's the girls' trip role. Mm-hmm. That's what this is. It's the girls' trip role. You're dropping into every single film she's in, right. and I and I know Tiff, Tiffany can do more. 
and I wanted to do more. And it's like, yeah, we see the little, like you said, the hijinks ensue. That's one of those things we keep expecting in movies like this. Mm-hmm. Hijinks will ensue. And I want more out of it. Like, again, everybody was so pumped about Night School with her and Kevin Hart. And Night School was terrible. You can watch it yourself. Mm. The Kitchen with Melissa McCarthy and Elizabeth Moss. It was not well received. Yeah. So it's like, I understand she was trying to be more serious in that yeah. role. And she's and good I, in that she, role. She could. So why can't we do more roles like that? Why do we have to keep doing Tiffany Haddish in the girl trip, girls trip role? I think that's a fair point you bring up, Jay, and you were saying, like, this is what she's being offered. And it might be what she's being offered, but I think Tiffany's at that point where she doesn't have to take everything. Remember, she did Lego Movie 2 as yes. well, so she does not have to take these roles. I think you take small comedies like this to make some money and roll, get your get your quote, and then roll on to the next thing. Because yeah. you know, you know, as a person who of color who covers people, actors of color, it's there's not a lot of options sometimes. There's, there's not a lot so of options. you op- do what you can. You and very much we can. do understand that, but also when you've hit this A-list status, which Tiffany had is is yeah no matter what people want to say tiffany haddish is a list now sure there are there should be a plethora of choices for you to say hey i want to do this project right you know people want to bring you in because you're a box office draw now yeah yeah simon thoughts uh can i have movies that i'm concerned about for 500 (laughs) (laughs) um yeah Okay. Um, I'm. N- yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, I, I put this. You know what? I wa- I, wa- I watched this trailer, and yeah. it genuinely, for for many of the points that Jay's made, it made me a little bit uncomfortable. Okay. Um, now, occasionally, trailers make a movie look not great, but they turn out to be great. A great example: another Paramount movie, mm-hmm. Instant Family, last year. Oh, right. Which yeah. Also had Rose Byrne in mm-hmm. it. And I thought that was going to be terrible, and it was one of my favorite movies of last year. Yeah. It was such a great comedy. This I am genuinely concerned about. It okay. feels by the numbers. Again, I agree with all your points on Tiffany. I'm kind of like Rose Byrne. We've seen her kind of do this kind of thing before. I, I found Selma Hayek kind of hammy. I don't... I just... I don't know. There's just... Well, let me clue you into something, and that is some The jokes are going to have to be good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, of course, to make it successful. Yeah. But I will say this. Some hike is playing a character that those of us who are Latino know very well. A person like that who is that way approaching as a Latina, an older Latina playing the CEO type. I'm fine with Selma Hayek yeah, yeah, what she's doing. I think doing. she's playing that role in a certain way for the comedy and I get inherent that. in it. And like it, Jennifer Aniston did in the Horrible Bosses series. Yes. It's and a it certain works. character. And it works. And you see what it is. And then you right. see that I'm mad that we saw the twist so quick. In the oh, trailer. Right, yeah, I'm yeah, mad yeah. that we saw the twist that's in the trailer. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things. I was like, okay, she's working with him. She's investing in him. I didn't want to know the twist that happens and yeah. now everything else. But it's just, you see this. Like it's like Simon just said, it's a by-the-numbers comedy. Mm-hmm. It's an easy one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Okay, but it's also a female-led comedy. It, it, yeah, I, I know, yeah. but there is this thing, I think, in the industry where there's a kind of... Um, almost sitting on your laurels like it's mm-hmm. kind of like well we have this audience that we recognize we can give them anything and they'll go and see it mm-hmm. and we've had this in various stages with various genres over the years we had it with african-american comedies in the 90s we had it with horror movies in the early thousands mm-hmm. and you know what these target audiences they're kind of they are wanting to put their money where you know they they want to see this representation or something that mm-hmm. they want but if you don't deliver it or you don't deliver it often enough, your target audience is not going to turn out. Now, I realize that if this movie was made in the 90s, it would have been Tiffany Haddish and Salma Hayek teeting up, and it would have been the white boss screwing them over. So the dynamic has been slightly played. But also, 
I just even the representation for for Rose Byrne as the white contingent. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like it just feels by the numbers and hammy. It just feels predictable. It's a different setup, but it just seems strangely familiar. Okay, all right. Uh, Miguel Arteta is a Puerto Rican director. Uh, you you got Salma Hayek. You've got you've certainly yeah. got an interracial cast here, interracial yeah. production, and I think that's a good thing. Absolutely. But uh, when we don't know if the film's going to turn out to be good or not, it might surprise you. But it, certainly it, from the trailer, it feels easy. And we've been seeing this. And we've been seeing this all yeah. day. How yeah. trailers can be one way or another. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I don't want everybody jumping on and telling some. Well, it's just a trailer. We all know some trailers are good. Some trailers are black, bad. Right. And then the film turns out to be completely yeah. different. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very open to, you know, to, to everything that's out there right now. However, you know, there are movies. Overboard came out last yeah. year, the remake, which mm-hmm. I think was served up as something that was a representation for the Latinx community. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That product simply wasn't good enough, and they didn't turn out. Yeah. So don't just assume that your target audience is going to turn out because they're on screen. Yeah. Don't underserve your audience. Well, explain to me Still the Medea thing. Good. Explain to me the Medea thing. People turn out for that Medea thing. Uh, because Medea has always had a following in plays, and when it translated in the screen, there is this thing called "We are going to support Tyler Perry, no matter if it's terrible or not." <laughs> okay. I just wanted. Alex Cross, when he tried to be an action oh, hero. Oh, yeah, that was... That did and not, not all movies. Well. They didn't turn out for all movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I know. I'm just saying for the majority, because yeah. they damn sure to turn out for Boo, Medea Halloween 2. <laughs> <sighs> all right, well, anyway, uh, this film comes out on January 10th. Who knows? We might be all be surprised by it, but yeah, I like this a female-led comedy. I like this interracial comedy, but you're right. If it goes easy, goes simple, doesn't really hit the jokes, as you said, Simon, or, or kind of insults the characters that they are playing, then we've got ourselves a, a not a step forward but a step back. I'm so, happy to eat it? my hat and it'd be the best comedy mm. of the year. The line that last one of the last lines we hear out of Tiffany Haddish, uh, I'm sorry if I die on you, white lady. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. I, I get it, but I don't like yeah. Ah! yeah. <laughs> and there it is, eloquently said by Jay Washington. All right, look at this. <laughs> the frustration. Of I'm course, looking forward to Billy of Porter. Course. Though. Looking forward to I'm Billy looking Porter. Looking forward to Billy Porter because Billy Porter oh, Billy is Porter's like funny. is like Titus uh Titus from uh the uh, other, I can't remember his yeah, last yeah, name. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yes, yes, yes. They're, they're, when they're on set, when they're on camera, they steal scenes. Yeah, they steal scenes. So Billy Porter is going to have you laughing. I think I think Porter could be what Cat Williams wasn't. Cat Williams potentially, like in terms of consistently and staying oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. out of trouble and okay, doing his thing. Yeah. yeah. Because Cat was funny. Cat, his stand-ups are funny. Man gets in too much trouble. I'm just still waiting for a mannequin remake where Billy Porter is cast as Hollywood Montrose. <laughs> High five. Oh, there you go. High five. There you cameo go. by Meshack Taylor right here. With a Meshack Taylor cameo. High five, white man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, I've got this. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's get some chat questions to, as we wrap it up. Uh, Steve Calderon wants to know, and this is good. I didn't put this on the show, but I was hoping we get a question. So thank you, Steve, for sending your question. Thoughts on J.J. Abrams leaving Paramount to sign a five-year deal with Warner Media to produce both films and television with his company, Bad Robot. Sign. Uh, film yeah, not, not entirely surprised, to be honest with you, okay. because he's, he's moved himself into this position where he doesn't need to have a home. Uh, I think it's a very shrewd move. I, I think he can also form uh, different alliances for different projects, mm-hmm. especially in the changing landscape of, of TV for streaming. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, if he was going to do this, I think now is the ideal team to do it. Okay. Absolutely. With Warner Media, we're talking Warner Brothers, right? We're yeah. talking possibly DC. 
Yes, is he this do, a possibility? I mean, possibly. Would they slide him into the Feige role and in charge of entire DC? Ugh, I don't know about that just yet. Okay, that I don't know about just oh. yet. I would because I don't think DC knows what it wants to do when it comes to that head. They keep mm-hmm. switching around the pieces consistently. Yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't automatically say that JJ Abrams becomes your Kevin Feige over there. But I could see them saying, "We want you to do this DC property. Okay, we want you to do this blockbuster film." Because think about it, they have they 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 got uh, Wonder Woman eighty four coming out. Mm-hmm. You just had Shazam. You got. Joker, which is DC, but not DC. Uh-huh. You know, you got Birds of Prey, which we'll see. Yeah. But then you say you got J.J. Abrams directing a DC property, whether it's Gotham City Sirens, whether it's the, you know, whether it's the Green Lantern Corps, yeah. whatever. Just to say J.J. Abrams behind that will bring up all the excitement for people like, oh, my God, I want to see what he does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it'll give him the chance to explore some smaller properties as well, which yeah. I think he hasn't been able to before. But now he's got that safety net. Yeah. So I think really yeah. doing that, I think, is, is a good is a good move. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Uh, anything J.J. does, I like to uh, yeah. follow along. Uh, he, he rarely lets me down uh, into darkness being one of those rare ones. All right, Anthony Marzone asks, Simon, in your opinion, mm. uh, do you think... Whoa, 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 say, hand me something. Uh, Wendy's messing around with the chat here. Simon, in your opinion, do you think there's ever going to be a director like Alfred Hitchcock in the horror genre again, or do you think that he's a once-in-a-generation type of No, director? do you know what? I literally had a conversation about this with two people mm-hmm. uh, this week. John Murdy, who is the creative director at um, uh, Halloween Horror Nights at okay. Universal mm-hmm. Hollywood. Um, and Rob Zombie, and they both said that they think that uh, Jordan Peele um, is basically the new Hitchcock. Oh, so I think okay. I think we have it. I think what I'm looking for is not just Jordan Peele. I think there are others that can come in and take that kind of mantle. I mean, mm-hmm. I think to be honest with you, I think if Paul Feig did something that was a horror, because he can play around with this, yeah. um, you know, with, mm-hmm. with with these you know dramatic lines and these mysterious lines, I think we could potentially see him move into that kind of role. Because let's not forget. Oh, I'm a big Hitchcock fan, but he also had some movies that didn't hit the mark. Yes, right. He had Absolutely. plenty of... Let's not pretend everything is The Birds and Psycho and right. yes. North by Northwest. Yes. He made some movies that weren't great. Mm-hmm. So every director is, is fallible. Yeah. Um, but I think, yes, there are more people out there. I just think perhaps we haven't seen them yet. But there are so many exciting voices out there right now. Yeah. But the amount of content out there means some people aren't seeing their movies. So, yeah, I think Jordan Peele is a great example. Yes. I think there are others out there that are going to come through. But there is ultimately only one Hitchcock. Uh, fair enough. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that, or are you good? I believe the same thing. Yeah. Jordan Peele, because of what he's doing, he's already said he wants to do horror. Yeah. He wants to make his own genre of horror, mm-hmm. his own vision of it. Alfred Hitchcock did that as well. And so now you have this. Everybody looks for – some people may have not received us as much as they did get out. Right. But that's because the hype was so high. Mm-hmm. But now, again, he's doing Candyman. Yeah. True. You know, and everybody's like, let's see what happens with this, and then we'll find out the next one and the next one. Absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, I already read Sotiandra. He's, he's getting way too, way too many uh, questions here, so he doesn't get it. Um, here's one. Oh, yeah, here we go. Rick's, Rick's Amoris. Uh, he asks, uh, Roca, this is your last time hosting. Can you please tell us your favorite bread? <laughs> Simon told us his, and it's calzone. Or is it calzone? All right. First that's of not all, a bread, actually. That's, that's, a, that's a pizza. That's, that's a, whole, yeah, that's a all, folded pizza. It's my last time hosting this week because Perry's <laughs> Sorry, leaving. It doesn't mean I won't host again <laughs> in the future. I you said. I know. I apologize. Clearly, i got to be real specific about things. But my favorite bread is always going to be either raisin challah or a nice rye that's fresh out of the oven that's stone-grown rye. Stone-ground rye is some of my best, my favorite bread. Hot, right out of the even. I don't even go to the top. I go right in the middle and take out the middle part and eat it. It's the best. All right. There you go. I have nothing. You don't have, you don't have any favorite bread? I mean, I did mine already a couple episodes ago. So. Oh, you already did. Yeah, we, right. we did ours. Before. Rye, sourdough, big fans, big fans of those. Yeah, big there fans. You go. 
Uh, no, and obviously, holler. Yeah. Holla! 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 Oh boy, now we're there dead. Now we're bad. High five, white Never man. felt more right. white. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got. I want to have one. Okay, uh, who's your. Oh, yeah, here we go. Luis Rivera. Well, summer is over, so what's the best movie of summer of 2019 as we wrap up here? Ooh. For me, I, I for me, I know it's not the biggest movie of the year, but Rocket Man was one that I really left summer thinking about a number of times. That yep. and Booksmart are two of my favorite movies of the year. Okay. Both came out around summer. I know they're not the biggest movies, but they're the ones that I think about the most. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Well, we've really put Jay into a conundrum here. Yeah, because because okay. I'm not I, just for the record, I'm not saying Endgame. You okay? can't say Joker, right? And I'm. Why would I even say <laughs> what? Everyone's saying Joker. Come on, give me something. Come on. I, you got me the last on the spot. Can I say Ooh. Olive Chibata? I'm also a big fan of Olive Chibata. <laughs> Olive Chibata, oh, Chibata bread Which is also good. would be a great name for a drag queen. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Well, it happens. <laughs> it is true. We had to get there. It and it true, right? I mean, we had to go down that route. Uh, I just want to make everybody mad when I say this one. Dark Phoenix. Oh, boo. <laughs> Even All the right. director of Dark Phoenix doesn't say that. <laughs> Even Simon Kinberg is like, how and dare you say that? Who was the director of Dark Phoenix? Simon Kinberg. Oh, you sure. Toy Story 4. <laughs> Lion King and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Sp- yeah. Spider Man Far From Home. Okay. Far from mm. Midsummer? Midsummer was terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday, Men in Back International. Nope. Shaft. Nope. Okay. You see, Toy Story Four is in my is in my Toy, Toy Story, Story Four because it actually got you all in your feels. Okay. Toy Story Four really got you in your emotions and had you really like you didn't know yeah. what to expect from it. Yeah. And when you saw it, it was just like, oh man, would he leave it? Bo Peep then came and broke up the family. Like, <laughs> if, if I'm not saying Endgame, which Jay put it out on the table, we're not saying it. I will say John Wick three, and I will say as I a forget- tie, as a tie with yesterday. I loved yesterday two pieces. Shout out to the people over at yesterday. They sent me a 4K version of the DVD of the Blu-ray today. Thank you so much, and a guitar pick that says yesterday on it. So it's very kind of Ooh. you. Thank you. I loved that movie, uh, and I think John Wick was fantastic. Yeah, John Wick was a ama- look. Halle Berry shooting everybody. Yeah. After she saw her dog get shot was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Big fan of John Wick 3 Panini. Big fan <laughs> there of it movie. is. The, the Wickinini. The oh. Wickinini. Okay. All right. Well, there we go. We got to end it there before we get killed. Too many dad jokes. Thank you, everybody, for watching this live episode of Collider Movie Talk. It's been so much fun over the last few days hosting this show and finally getting in the rhythm with everything and, and going back and forth with you all and hearing your great questions. And, of course, talking to these awesome guests. Thank you to Simon Thompson. Thank you. Thank you to Jay Washington. Thank you. Uh, and, we, and thank you to Adam Smith in the booth over there for Thanks, helping me out. And uh, Wendy today, which normally Dorian, but it was Wendy today. Thank you, Wendy Lee, for picking those great questions. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow while Perry will. She'll be back hosting Movie Talk. We'll see you then live, 3 p.m. PT. Take care. Until then. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. 
It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 